Welcome, y'all. Come on, grab a seat. <clears throat> grab a seat, grab a mat, get them cheering over there. I had some tea brewing. You're always welcome to get a little bit. And uh, sit down. Let's chat a spell. Welcome to the back poach. Conjure root worker. I am yours, <laughs> Ifa Bayo. And my babies, my sisters, my brothers, my family, friend, kinfolk, y'all are welcome. Even the ones I ain't too particular about, you can come on in because this is a lesson and a story for everyone. I used to hurt when people die. I used to cry. I was so emotional. Coming up when I was younger, I did. I didn't understand what death was. See, I knew that they had to go. I didn't think they had to go forever. See, that was my thing, forever. So when I was younger, it was emotional. But every so often, I would look for them. You know, I would look for the people. I I look for them and stuff, such and such. Dad, well, I know they coming back. So I didn't think dad was permanent. So let me tell you, what I learned about death. See, when my mother died, it was like a dream. It wasn't real. Not to me. It wasn't. I can't talk of my brothers and sisters and how they experience. I can only tell you mine. So <clears throat> she passed away. But before she passed, my brother was going with her to... Um, to dialysis. And she told him, no, can't go with me this time. Can't go with me. I got to go here by myself. So my brother, man, he understand that. He was sitting there putting his sneakers on. She told the driver to keep on going. Don't stop. So the driver pulled out. You know, my mother was very, uh, very aggressive. When she tell you to do something, don't second guess it. Just do it. So hospital call. They said my mother was in um, in the red, so to speak. So to us, that means she don't want to listen. They might want to run some tests. She cursing them out. So we was used to that. So I said, okay, you know, I'm going to call my brother and we'll make it up there. I hung up the phone. It wasn't even five whole minutes. I had to count. I, if I was to count to 30, I would have only made it to 15. Phone rang again. They said your mother passed away. It was like the, the sky opened up and the rain just came down. Oh, baby. Not only did it rain here in New York, it rained in New Orleans. And amen. That's when her sisters and them knew my mother had died. I ain't even had to call. She called up there. She said, answer me one thing. She said, my sister gone. And I was quiet. She said, thank you. We on our way. Right? It poured down raining. Then it stopped. The first one I thought about was my pops and my brother man. So I sent my niece and the kids to walk down the block. And they crying because their grandmother died. So Ninja, who saw them first, came to the door and he said, I heard you okay. I said, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And I closed the door because I still didn't understand. That my mother was going. So I walked down the block. My brother in the bed. My father's on the side of the bed. 
you know, I, I, I still couldn't process it. We went up to the hospital. I touched the body. I kissed the forehead. Still couldn't process it. That shell was there. But my mother would walk through the door like she just went somewhere. So it was a month and a half later. Funeral done came, burial. People done came and left. And I was standing on the bus stop. And I was down to my last five hours. And I said out loud, I said, I ain't worrying about it. I'll go down to my mother's house and get some money. And I heard a voice. Say, she gone, Donna. She not here. And I just sat there and bust out crying. Still, it registered, but it didn't. So now I needed to know, was my mama in them all right? And at that moment, I just, I couldn't process death. I processed that she was gone. Not death itself. I don't know if you understand that, but I'm going to go a little further. So I um, got home and, you know, I was like, wow, my mother's dead, right? So I moved to Atlanta because I didn't want to stay in New York. What? My mama not here. So I moved to Atlanta and I had this beautiful dream. My mama was on the train. I was on one side and my mother was on the other side. And she said, you know, I'm okay. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, Barbara. And when I looked around the whole train, that whole side was full of all the women that were in my family. Every single one of them. They were dead. And I was like, wow. Death is not bad. They okay. <laughs> they doing well. I don't want to go with you, though. It ain't my time. But y'all doing well. Y'all don't look bad. Y'all not what people perceive. And we had a beautiful conversation on that train ride. And I was, I was okay with that. I was. I was okay with that. I still don't process death well. When someone calls me, I hang up. Because I have to get it in my head. And if it's someone close to me, I have to relive every moment that I was around them. Whatever it was, I have to go and relive all of those times. Because it's not like me erasing it. It's like putting it in a file. I don't think the way other people think. And that's why I always tell people, people process death differently. I put all of, like when my mother was gone, from the time I can remember until the day she died, I remembered each moment, be it good, bad, or indifferent. And it's like I put it away. It's not forgotten. When my brother died, I had to process it. I had to put everything we did and put it in a file so to speak, in my head, and put it right there. We all have stories, and their story has to be told because they're not here no more to live it and tell it and share it. Their time here is up. So they leave behind those memories and stories 
for you to share with the world and to live out the things you learned from them. That's why I love Chris Stapleton's song, Broken Halos. See, I seen my share of broken halos, golden wings that used to fly. (laughs) See? So, with my dad, he just took one last breath and he passed. And the stories and the lessons I learned. Recently, it's been two years now, my godfather, Ibae, my ex-husband. My godfather passed away on the 2nd of February. My ex-husband passed away on the 15th of February. Everyone that passed away were great somewhere along in my life. And for us to share their story. See, sometimes we get selfish. And that's normal. Because we want them back. My mother used to tell me something that it didn't register until I got old. She said, baby, I lived in this world without you. You never lived in this world without me. It ain't easy. I said, lady, whatever. But it's fact. And she tried to prepare us. So when she leave, we know how to function. We won't lose it. I believe my godfather did the same thing. I believe my ex-husband did that as well. When you are living a life and those people matter and you never got or never missed the time to tell them, hey, you know I love you. Yo, I appreciate you. See, we have to give them their flowers while they're alive so they can smell them and enjoy them. I remember when I got out of initiation and they told me to take seven yellow roses to my godfather's ruler. And he smiled like, okay. It's a beautiful memory to have because he got a chance to smell them while he was alive. It is a beautiful memory to have. And their lives are here for you to tell their story. But like I said, we get selfish at times. And we sit back and we want to be depressed and we want to argue and fight because we can't believe that the creator took them away. Everybody has a season (laughs) and a destiny to live. Now, you know how some people go, well, (laughs) God, a baby is innocent. And how you just have a baby die. But in that death brought family, brought unity, brought love. See, we only want to tend to look at the loss. I'm not. I can't no more. I can't. Because when we look at death as a celebration, you know, in New Orleans, man. They put you away right. Man, they party. They celebrate life. Ain't nobody walking around looking all gloom and dumb and everything. For what? I tell my kids, I wish I would sit there and cry. She go. I'm going to bust you. I'm going to come back from the afterlife and bust you up top of your head. Why? Why you want to sit here and what? You better celebrate. She came. 
She did some amazing things and she left. How dare you sit and sit there? I wish you would. You know, my mother said before she passed, she said, I'm doing this backyard. And we kept on sitting there saying, I don't know why. She said, oh, so when it's time for my funeral, y'all are going to be back here. She said, now one of y'all better cry. She said, y'all better celebrate. And me and my brothers and sister were sitting back there with everybody that came. They came up from Florida, from New Orleans. Oh, everybody. We was back there in the backyard. We all looked around at each other. It was like, damn, she ain't lie. Because the backyard was beautiful, classic. It's beautiful. And she did it. She had a big firm in the center. Oh, that was a beautiful firm. She painted each brick back there. Oh, she had the green back. Oh, my God. It was beautiful. Backyard was beautiful. That was the best we ever saw the backyard. And she told us to keep it up. But because of our arrogance and our stupidity, we let it go. We did. But she did. She, I believe she put every bit of magic in that backyard. See, my mother had a saying, whenever you get stressed or you get worried about something, you go and put your hand in some dirt and allow the, allow the, the world to take it from you and give you back some strength to endure whatever's coming. And she would. She'd be back there in the backyard picking beans, making her garden. We'd be all back there. When I was young, you couldn't get me to work in the garden. What? i look at you like you crazy. <laughs> I'd be like, what? <laughs> not with these nails. I just got my nails done. I'm not digging in nobody's dirt. But when I got older and I got my own place and I had my children, I had my family, I appreciate plants and herbs and all of that, you know. And she used to always say that, too. She'd say, oh, heifer, you ain't worrying about it now, but I can't wait till you get older. And you come into yourself. That's what they say. They don't say older. When you comes into yourself. And I said, okay, whatever. And she used to get my friends and get them to be back there and tricking them, I used to always say. But we learned lessons. See, and this is the reason why death has become beautiful. My father told me, he said, you know, you're watching me die. He said, I hope you learn one lesson. And I said, what? He said, oh, I hope you learn it. My father died. And I remember telling my daughter, I said, you know, we watched him die. So we should know without a doubt how to appreciate life. And it was like the lights came on in the house or like, you know, like, oh, she got it. I didn't die in vain, you know. When you watch someone die from sickness, and you see how big they are, and you hear them take their last breath and leave, you learn how to appreciate life. You won't let a lot of things get on your nerve. I'm still passionate about a lot of things. Don't get it wrong. I am. I will stand up for the underdog. I can't stand when someone abuses women, children, even men. And when someone's trying and people find ways of holding them down, yeah, I jump in. I get passionate. I don't like bullies. Can't stand those. I do. I, I get emotional. I get, ah. Uh, but I have to learn to calm down. But at the end, I did learn how to appreciate life. You know, I used to look at things and say, oh, no, I don't, I don't want to bother that. Because it was fear. 
And I, I, and I know, don't get it wrong, don't get it wrong. It was fear because I didn't want to argue with no one. You know, I'm like, ah, I'd just rather walk away. But not even, but now, listen, can you talk? Yeah, okay. And I'll sit down and tell them. Well, this is how it's, you know, is and stuff. And, you know, this is how it would be. And I appreciate you. And I'll just move on. But most people, because they they just angry and, you know, they want to hold on. So they'll threaten you or, you know, try to intimidate you and things like that. And now I laugh because when you see what death is and how death plays a part, you ain't going to waste your time on stupidity crazy, messy, just just stuff that holds no value. You ain't going to waste your time worrying about that. You want to live. You don't have time to worry about people that want to give you a headache and to subtract from your life. All you want is peace. And you want to enjoy each day eating a plate of food. And when it's not good, you say, no, 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 I don't like that. Or when something is great, you go, oh, wow, this is good. Like, I like this. Knowing when to remove yourself from a table, a situation, all of that. To be able to be who you are, stand on your own, living in your truth. When you see people dying. You definitely learn that real quick. Now, everybody else comes in their way. I know what y'all going to say. Well, I didn't come in that way. Well, you're right. We all walk different different ways. I'm telling you how I come in that. But see, all these people left their mark on the world. No, they didn't solve world hunger. No, they not going to be on the news. Ain't no ticker take parades or none of that. But for the lives that they touched... Oh, there's stories to tell. There's memories to be shared. And there's lessons to be taught. See, my father taught me to go after whatever you want. Stay focused. Be disciplined. My mother taught me to not give a fuck what no one says. Because what people eat don't make you shit. Keep going. My godfather taught me. No matter what, have faith. Because this right here is the truth. My husband taught me to live a life and never let your past hinder your growth. My friend Kichi taught me to be a mom. There's no rules to this. My cousin Christine taught me to cheer for those, to be that voice, to support those. Oh, when you believe in someone, support them, be there. (laughs) Troy taught me to walk in your truth. See that? See? Comp taught me it's not where you're from. It's where you at. And every so often, you got to remember where you came from. So remain humble. Ah. David Edwards taught me 
to live your dream. To live your dream. He played basketball. Georgetown. Ah, to live your dream. And to not to not put it on the back burner and use that fear as a motivation. Bruce Monroe and Henry taught me that, honey, those were three old queens. Taught me that whatever you do, be the best at it, bitch. How dare you? If someone tell you you ugly, tell them, good. I'm ugly, but I'm doing it. I'm here. <laughs> How you doing? Robbie Roselle Robots, first lesbian woman we ever met, told me that if your family don't accept you, fuck them. Because when it's time for you to go on about your life and die, <laughs> they ain't coming with you. So fuck what anybody say. Keep going. <laughs> uh, James taught me that whatever you want, just do it. Don't complain. Don't complain. It makes no sense. But taught me that, you know, shit happens. Yeah, shit happens. Shepherd Mother taught me about faith, her and Cora, and what friendship is. You're going to have your ups and downs. But friends don't diss each other. Do you have a disagreement? Give you a, a day to cool your head, but you don't turn your back on your friend. <laughs> Man, I tell you, Miss Strickland, Mama Strickland taught me faith that the size of a mustard seed can move mountains and to always be there for your grandkids. Don't ever walk away from them. Don't you allow nobody else to take care of them. You the grandma. You be there. See, everybody taught me something. Everybody. Sean Valjean taught me. Love your children. Yeah, they're going to drive you crazy, but love them anyway. They're yours. See, I learned some powerful lessons. I did. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful for each and every one of these people and their lives. Dawn. Ah, Dawn taught me that love exists no matter what age you are. Love exists. We have these amazing people, and I got a plethora of names. A plethora of names. And they all left their mark on the world. Somewhere along the line, you're going to hear me say stories about them. But this day, I want y'all to know, don't fear death. Death is not here to be the booger man. Me, your job was done. That's it. And it's okay. It's okay. Don't fear it. And don't sit there and just be depressed. Yeah, we human. We're going to feel hurt. But we need to celebrate. Because they lived an amazing life. No matter how they went out. My brother was murdered. Brutally murdered. Shot. From the head all the way down to his back. And he killed him. But he had an amazing fucking life. And the memories of my big brother will forever be in my head and for me to share with others. My father died just taking a breath and letting it go. 
my mother died in the hospital. My cousin died in her sleep. So it's not how you go. My friend Moss was murdered. She was amazing. It's not how you go. But what they did while he, they were here and the stories and the memories that you share of them. That's why today, whoever you have in your life that's important to you, you give them flowers. You tell them you love them. You appreciate them. Because once they're gone, you can light a candle. You can put flowers up there. But I will tell you, I'm sure going to appreciate it when I'm alive. Send me my flowers now. For real. You know, beloveds, when people pass in our family, we cover the mirrors. It's a tradition. We all do it. So, you know, I don't complain. I just still do it to this day. But we also have a party and we celebrate those people's lives. So remember that part, to celebrate. Birthdays are coming up. Anniversaries are coming up. Celebrate. Make they dish. Talk about them. Talk to them. Light a candle. Let them know that they are remembered. You haven't forgotten them. And if you're not scared, they'll come and visit you in your dream. But if you're scared, they ain't going to come because that's not their job to keep you scared and, you know, have you all bugging out. No, no, no. But I know when I hear a song, when I smell a a particular smell, when I feel a breeze, I know they there. I know they there. They be like, sometimes I just know my mom be sitting there saying, now you know she done got that wrong. I ain't even say it that way. I said it this way. She ain't listening. She ain't listening now. (laughs) My father sitting there saying, I just can't. (laughs) But see, she she done said it. So at least she remembers. I sure do. I see my brother now. Wait till she get her ass over here. I'm going to punch the shit out. (laughs) Let's hope. Yeah. See, y'all. Most people believe in heaven and hell. We just believe in the, the circle of elders. Oh, where they sit around, the drums are playing to welcome you home. Those that love you are right there standing there. Oh, they clean you up with pretty herbs and a beautiful bath. In my head, I'm still trying to learn how to make that bath. Because it has a, I know it has that smell of jasmine. And you can't add everything with jasmine, but that smell is just so beautiful. No, I ain't ready to die yet, y'all, so don't count me out. But I've always smelled that bath. And it's just, it's like an almond jet. Oh my gosh. I'm still trying to make that bath. <laughs> and they bathe you in that, and they put your white on. Head be wrapped. Whatever was sickness of you or whatever didn't, oh, it's gone now. You're at your unique self. And the elders welcome you. And they kiss your forehead. You bow down. You know? And you're greeted and you're welcomed home in the village. 
And everyone is still working. Everyone is still doing. Didn't stop. So, yeah. That's how I see it. So, I tell you today, as I start again doing my podcast, like I said, I want to be playing rap, but I'm not playing rap now. And there's always a story, a spell. Now, some of y'all, if y'all are strong enough ah, to have the dead come visit you, write them a letter. Dear whoever the name is, and you write them. Whatever you want to know. Some people write to get the numbers. And they fold it. And they put it under their bed with a glass of water. Now, the only thing that you got to remember, they coming to you as they are now. However they are in the grave, it's how they coming to you. So it's up to you. It's up to you. If you want to call them, you can call them. But they coming to you. As they in the ground. So if I was you, have some incense, strong, because that, that smell will stay around for a day. And they will come. I remember my mama did it. She wanted to see her mother. Allie and them told her to do it. So this spell long older than us. And my grandmother came as she was in the ground. And my mother took it from under the bed. Knocked the hell out of it. From under the bed. And we woke up. And we was like, Ma, what's that smell? Like, it smelled like dirt and stuff. Like, she said, nothing. Don't worry about it. She got the bleach in the pine. My mother, matter of fact, let me tell you what she had. Ammonia and bleach. Almost passed out. Trying to kill that smell. Almost passed out. And that's what Big Alley said. Girl, you will kill yourself in here. Uh, putting them two together and ain't no windows open. She said, I got to get that smell out. Smell death. She said, I ain't doing that no more because I don't want my dear to come to me like she is in the ground. I want her to come like she normally come, you know, with that crutch and her walking down that step or sitting on that top step right there coming to visit me. I don't want her coming as she is in the ground. So I gave you a story, a topic, a song, and a spell. We only deal with conjure. If you come in here looking for Saint Santo, Paolo stuff, go somewhere else because this ain't it. This down-home conjure, back poach, stuff we do that's been passed down from generation to generation. And baby, those sisters down there, they got some stuff. How to have a baby, how to keep your man from talking, how to keep him talking. Tell them everything. All these things. So, mm, everybody, you know, I sit back, I laugh. Because I'm not here to judge. And I sure ain't here to correct or tell you what's right. That ain't my job. I ain't come here for this. I remember in 75, 76, 82, Conjuring root work was something you couldn't even talk about. We say we from New Orleans. People look at us and say we voodoo. So we just stopped. We, everybody just assumed, okay, they New Yorkers. Okay. I ain't teeing all them down south. <laughs> so our blood is in there. 
You know how everybody sit there and say, well, I'm from here and I, my, I, got, I got family. I just don't know them. No, we know ours. And you see, you know, everybody a conjure root worker, everybody something. I'm not here to justify or tell you no or not. I'm just here to share what we know. I sit and laugh at some of the stuff I see, but it ain't for me to tell. Because, see, those old people that sat around the back porch or sat around the kitchen table, they knew who to leave their secrets to, and they know what line and lineage not to give a soul to. See, my auntie always said that. She said, if man knew what true magic was, they'd destroy each other. Because we are greedy. We're selfish. We're heartless. If a mother can cut open her baby and take the insides out and fill it with cocaine to travel on a plane, imagine what we'd do if we knew what magic Real magic truly was. We destroy each other. We haven't even learned the concept of how to get along. We don't even know what love is. We equate love with master and slave mentality. We still see death and we want to stop the world and kill everybody. Seems like each year we go backwards. And it's sad because the old people left a map. Yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit about this one. Um, I like American Gods. I thought it was a great episode. A lot of people got offended. Some people just started breaking it down. But the slaves, the old people, those ones that worked on the plantation, those babies, cotton. Yeah, we picked it. Every year around this time and when I go down there to the city, I'll get some and bring it back up. I get a cotton plant, and I bring it. I'm not like to say I'm going to forget. I understand oh, February Black History Month, uh-uh, we celebrate every... Listen, baby, uh, we already know we black. Have y'all ever been somewhere to tell you you can't come there because the color of your skin? Where they say, get on, nigga. You don't belong here. No. Because half of y'all just been up and off. Y'all don't know what that means. And then the first thing y'all say is, oh, well, if I was you, I'd leave. I'm not leaving where my blood is. My mom and daddy and them, they fought to be here. My aunties and them might have got swung from that low-hanging strange fruit. So I'm going to leave it? No, this is my home just like yours. Me and my friend Garcia was driving. We went to take the kids to the mall. We pulled over. We walked in the supermarket. We didn't see no black, no Spanish. We see none of that. Nothing but white. The guy ran to us and said, hey, y'all in the wrong spot. We said, huh? We just looking at how to get to the mall. He said, get back and keep driving. He said, before it get dark, because y'all don't belong here. We looked around and noticed ain't no black, Spanish, nobody. We got the fuck up out of there. Forsyth County, we was out. Till this day, certain parts can't go. But it's also certain parts of Staten Island you can't go. But it's also certain parts that's in the black Atlanta that white folk can't go. But it's okay. See? And y'all think racism don't exist. Trump already showed y'all. 
what it is. So when they had it and they was picking cotton and for the Orisha, because they said they brung the Orisha, their gods with them. You read history, the first slave, first slave shit was called Jesus. It's history. Read it. But see, they brung their belief with them. But they was beat to forget. But not all of us forgot. Not all of us forgot. So they had to hide. They had to do things. They shared stories. Oh, because it ain't in the book. Oh, no, that's, that's, that's not historically correct. Were you there? Okay, then. I'm going to listen to my auntie and them. Because uh, my, my grandmother is still here. Right? So my mother's mother passed. But her stepmother is still here. Merle is still here. How many of y'all sit under y'all elders and listen to stories of long time ago? How many of y'all really sat down? Or how many of y'all go to the citizen home and talk and listen to the elders? Play a little chess with them or checkers. No, y'all don't do that. Everything got to be book knowledge. I don't want book knowledge. Sometimes that don't help. Mm -mm. You live to it? Shit, tell me. I used to love when I went to go see Dick Gregory and he would tell us stories of how it was. I sit down and listen to the elders. I want to hear it. I want to, I'm, I'm like a kid, just amazed. Because they left their stories for us to share. I mean, my father called us a griot. I didn't know what the hell that was. I was like, what's a griot? I was like, my father be making up names. And I went to the African Poetry Theater, and I found out the griot was the family storyteller, the bookkeeper, the one that told the stories. Oh, we didn't, we didn't know those. Like I said, it was beat. But some of us stayed strong. We still shared the stories. We didn't let them die. They didn't just end with them. We all got a blueprint and a map and a candle to get where we need to go. Remember that. So as always, y'all, I'm happy that you sat here, learned something. Hope you appreciate life as well as death. Because everything has a beginning and an end. You can't stay here forever. That's why you take advantage and you enjoy and you live your life. Don't allow people's stupidity and stuff to stop you from living. If people talk about you, great. Shit, they talked about Jesus. As my father taught me, must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone and there's a cross for me. So people going to talk about you. Oh, well, such and such said, okay, eh? Tell them, you uh, there's so many stories about me, I'm still baffled. I'll be sitting there saying, okay, what happened? And they'd be like, ain't it about you? I don't know, shit, you telling it. I, I ain't never heard of that shit. I'm, I'm just as curious as you are. My friend told me, walked up to me, and I said, hey, Sifa, what's up? He said, yo, you dead. This is a ghost. I had an all white, so maybe that was it. And it was snowing. But he was like, yo, they told me you died. And that nigga walked away. So I, it's stories about me. I'm happy. I'm just like, wow. But I'm not going to let that stop me. Oh, well, people are going to tell you you shouldn't do it. Well, shouldn't do a lot of goddamn things. But guess what? I don't want to lay on my bed with regrets. I want to say I enjoyed it. So 
You're going to allow people shouldn'ts and wouldn'ts and couldn'ts stop you? I know you fucking lying. We're going to fall in love. We're going to get heartbreak. And we're going to fall in love again. And we might get heartbroken again. But we're still going to go out there and do it. Because it's an experience. We're going to travel. And God bless those that can travel across water. We're going to argue. We're going to fight. We're going to fuss. Shit, we might do some things that only me and God know. But shit, you did it. And if you live to tell the story, you're, you're batting a thousand. And if all those that died before you share these stories as well, just don't remain silent. Don't think that your life don't matter. I tell you, that man, he was crowned Shango, Gabo Sile. And I used to tell people, hey, honey. He used to be like, how you doing? I used to always say, I'm amazing. And one day he stopped the elder. He said, why you put me in a trap? I said, huh? He said, amazing is a maze. I said, no, it's a maze. He said, no, that's a maze. He said, don't say that. I said, well, what should I say? He said, tell people they necessary. I said, huh? He said, if I ask you how you doing, you should say necessary. I said, why? He said, because when people know they need it and they're needed to be here, they smile even brighter. So the next day when I was on the train, I saw somebody and they said, hey, how you doing? I said, necessary just like you. (laughs) They smile lit up. They said, yo, I never heard that shit. That's powerful. I always have to give respect to that elder. Because when people know they are needed, they smile a little brighter. I always tell people, I love you, Putin. And people used to curse me out. Stop telling people you love them. Oh, my God. But you know my mother. And she was something. My mother. She used to tell people, I love the shit out of you. And they'd be sitting there and they said, well, wow, you know, Bobby, why you said, she said, because love means lots of vital energy. And as long as I got it, you got it. So here it is. People would tell me from the day I came up here, why you always telling people you love them? Ex-husband, Roosevelt, used to sit and say, oh, you know, women, women are going to think that shit is cute and men are going to take it another way. No, they don't. I love you, Putin. Girls, friends, stop telling anybody that. That shit is corny. Oh, my God. Like, people would just go in. But, you know, when I went back down south, it was, I love you. I love you, too. Shit, I love you, cousin. Hey, cousin. I felt at home. But, you know, those same people, all of them, every single one of them, they told me, stop telling people you, that you love them. In the course of a month, I was the only one that told them that. Because I sat and watched. They mates, they family, they friends, nobody told them that. And I thought of my mama and said, I see why you told people that. Because no one hears it from their loves. Sometimes you want to hear it, and they didn't hear it. And I was the one that said it. And they got angry. Instead of embracing it. They got angry. And because it was foreign to them and that feeling arose, they wanted to stop me, but they couldn't. It got so bad one time, they even had my son. He was like, yeah, she tell everybody. And I still do. I still do. And you know, 
people will write me and say, thank you. I needed that. And I'd be like, I still love you, Putin. And that's it. I'm not going to stop because you are not used to something. No. My mother did it until the day she died. And guess what happened? She would tell people that. And before her body was in that church, Pastor Roberts called me and said, hey, I need you to come to the church. I said, what's the matter? He said, yo, you got to come here. I lived right across the street. I went right across that street. And every fucking homeless person, number runner, prostitute, working girl, crazy, alcoholic, all of them was in there. I was like, hey, y'all. He's like, hey, hey, we waiting for baby girl. The pastor said, you know them? I said, yeah. My mother would either feed them, tell them she love them, or she'd do something, you know, flower guy. Everybody was there. And he said, I didn't know what to do. The back of the church was full of all of them. You can't tell me that what she did and the words she just said, Lifted those people's lives. And even now when we see them, from the flower guy to the number runner, all of them, they be like, yo, we know, you know we miss our girl. It's around this time, Thanksgiving especially. I know I'll come through and get a plate, one of them damn pies. My mother would make 14 pies. She had five children. She raised everybody else's. She had her and her husband, which is my daddy. Uh... Why she cook all this food? Because you never know who's coming by. And you're always off her plate. I may not got no money for you. Shit. Mike can't even uh, let your copper squat. But I can feed you. See, that's the difference. Most people are like, oh, when I was going through my financial stress. You don't have no friends to call on? Yeah, if I need a plate or a place to crash. Or, you know? Yeah. Folks quick to give you that. Not everybody got money. And I'm good with that. Because that's the legacy that they left. And I'm not mad. See? So y'all beautiful people, take note. Appreciate those that are here. Love them now from grandmama, all of them. Reconnect. Forgive. Move forward. And if you can't find your family, sit with an elder. Help them. Play some chess with them. Cards. Tunk. Pinochle. Pity pat. Shit. Uh, uh, poker. Oh, sit there. Listen to them. Let them speak. Learn of their life and the road they take. Because there's always a lesson in the stories they share. Remember that one. So as always, this is Bobby Ann's baby girl saying welcome in the back of the poach. We always going to find a new platform or something new to start doing. And you never know how it's going to end or begin. All I'm here to do is tell you how it is. Y'all pick up your blankets, throw your cups in that sink. I'll wash them. Put those chairs, fold them back. Y'all help each other. And y'all go on. And I'll catch you back here tomorrow.